0: Everybody, what is going on? It's your boy, Crypto Bobby. I hope you are having a great day, great night, wherever you're watching or listening in from. And welcome to another episode, another edition of the Crypto Bobby podcast. And today, in the aftermath of Donald J. Trump tweeting about Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, and Facebook's Libra coin, wanted to hop onto YouTube Live this morning, actually, before kicking things off with Proof of Talent, busy day of of interviews and candidate conversations and things like that, but got in early for a 7 a.m. Eastern Time episode of, of Crypto Coffee Hour, talking about what the tweets from Donald Trump meant, how I interpreted them, as well as you know what we've seen just from the conversation on Twitter and on other places as far as Bitcoin versus altcoins and people now becoming bitcoin maximalists who weren't previously bitcoin maximalists and what I think that means and and where I think that is, is you know, people having their heart in the right place and where people might not have their heart in the right place as well. So diving into a lot in this episode of Crypto Happy Hour, as well as, as always questions and Q&A and interacting with folks as well. So I hope you enjoyed that. If you do enjoy this episode, always make sure to subscribe and leave a rating and review. Uh, really do appreciate that. But well, let's hop into it. A few different things we can cover today. Obviously, we can talk about uh, Donald J. Trump's tweet about Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, and Libra because I do think that there's you know, definitely a little bit to unpack there. And I'm I'm actually it's funny because the the tweet led with Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, but but goes into Libra pretty quickly. And I think that's where you uh, need to focus or be interested in because I personally think the United States government is freaking terrified right now of of facebook and libra for for better for worse so i'll hop into that also want to talk about uh bitcoin versus altcoins and it has been a really interesting few weeks at least in my opinion seeing the discussion on twitter it's getting more and more um at least in my mind the discussion on twitter is kind of getting a little harsh as far as you either are a you either have all of your money in Bitcoin and you like there, there's kind of two sides of the spectrum, at least in my mind, um, there are people that, you know, and, and everybody has their own right to, to have whatever thought process they want and kind of you know, discuss things however that they, you know, discuss things however they'd like. But you kind of have two thoughts on Twitter right now. You have uh, Bitcoiners, I'm not even going to say maximums, but you just have Bitcoiners who obviously are very passionate about Bitcoin and are... Of enjoying the spoils of what has been a fantastic year for Bitcoin. Bitcoin is up 215 percent year to date, uh, according to CoinMarket, Market, or excuse me, according to OnChain FX, which is better than Coin Market Cap. And then you know a variety of other cryptocurrencies out there. At least the larger ones have lagged. ETH is only up 107 uh, percent. XRP is actually down on the year, which is pretty pathetic. Um, you have Litecoin up 248 percent, which is actually outpaced Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin Cash is up 124%, BNB is still up 430 plus percent, uh, EOS is only up 89%. So Bitcoin has really been kind of leading the way, especially in comparison to the Ethereum's, the Bitcoin Cash's, the Bitcoin SV's, the Tron's, the XRP's, the Stellar's, the Cardano's. So you have a couple people or, you know, you have a, a, a variety of people saying basically, Put all your money in Bitcoin, and you are a terrible human being if you have any money in shitcoins. And then you have the shit winners on the other side of the house that are basically praying for an alt season and kind of waiting for an alt season uh, and hoping and crossing their fingers every single day and, and hoping that money is going to come out there. And then you maybe have a you know some some people in the middle that are like, hey, you know, Bitcoin's fantastic. Uh, there might be some other altcoins with you know with a nice use case. We'll see but uh, there's there's two very different sides of of the spectrum on on Twitter at least i think it's kind of funny watching just people go after each other it gets a little bit old after a while but you know it's it's something that i think is just kind of the narrative it is is getting stronger as time goes especially as bitcoin according to onchain FX, bitcoin dominance now is at 68% which is super super strong and uh, according to Bitcoin market cap, Bitcoin dominance is over 65% for the first time, I believe, might be the first time since really mi- mid 2017. So over two years, this is the strongest Bitcoin dominance we have really ever seen uh, for the past two years, kind of since ETH had its run in early 2017. It really sucked away a lot of the market cap dominance from Bitcoin. So it's been, uh, it's been, fun to watch that pan out, taking a look at some of these questions here too. Um, (laughs) The J stands for Jesus. Uh, So yeah, I mean, I I think that it's, no nobody knows how things are gonna go. Uh, There's, for me to sit here and say that, you know, one thing is gonna basically, you know, Bitcoin is gonna continue to run. I think it's certainly possible. I think, you know, when, when people look at the quote unquote institutions coming to cryptocurrency or larger investors coming to cryptocurrency, for the most part, those type that type of money goes into Bitcoin, uh, and it does go w- with the digital gold thesis. I think, at least that's kind of my opinion. You even had the the Fed chairman talking about uh, people not utilizing Bitcoin as a as a cryptocurrency per se, as a currency, but as a kind of a, a substitute for gold. And that narrative has has kind of I think continued to develop in a in a positive way as a. Uh, as a as a investment class, as something that is a store of of wealth. And when you see the way Bitcoin has moved, and you know people will give bitcoin shit as a as a bad store of wealth because it has had you know, really strong runs and then really strong drops. But when you look at Bitcoin in its entirety, there is like there's like ninety days in the entire history now where if you bought out of a ten year span, you had to have bought within like a ninety day window where, you would actually have lost money. Outside of that 90-day window, you're basically either break-even or profit. Granted, that 90-day window was probably the most talked-about period uh, of Bitcoin ever, at least from a mainstream perspective, uh, a retail investor perspective. So there were a lot of people that entered into the space at that point in time. But it's still still maths, right? (laughs) Johnny Bull XRP, that's because you can't use Bitcoin as a currency, doesn't scale. Well, there are yes for now I would say Bitcoin is is not as quote unquote scalable uh, as some of the other cryptocurrencies out there I would say it is more secure than the other cryptocurrencies out there uh, and more decentralized in nature as well so you do have pluses and minuses when it does come down to scalability as we always talk about on the channel there's always going to be things that you look at with crypto assets where you know somebody might have a thousand transactions per second but you know, all those nodes are being run by ten central parties that could receive a cease and desist letter, and to that point, we'll hop into exactly I think we can go from the thought process of a bitcoin doesn't scale and and why why that doesn't necessarily matter as much. and we'll we'll hop into that right now. So the big thing that people talked about, we'll pull this pull this bad boy up. So Donald Trump, if you guys did not see this. And I am not political in nature at all. I don't, I I hate politics. I don't care about politics. I don't want to touch it with a 10 foot pole. But hey, we got to get into it, right? So Donald Trump tweets this. I'm not a fan of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, which are not money and whose value is highly volatile and based on thin air. That's basically all true. Unregulated crypto assets can facilitate unlawful behavior, including drug trade and other illegal activity. So there's three tweets. We'll, We'll break it down individually though. Um, so, he, you know, he basically says, not a fan of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, which are, are not money, um, and whose value is highly volatile and, and out of thin air. Well, yes, Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrencies are highly volatile. Um, the value is essentially based out of thin air, but the same could be said about numerous other government crypto, you know, other government currencies, including the dollar, which left the gold standard a long time ago. And its value really isn't pegged to anything outside of the good faith of the United States of America. Um, and then to that point too, unregulated crypto assets can facilitate unlawful, unlawful behavior. Yes, they can, but so can the United States dollar, so can a n- number of other fiat cryptocurrencies or another number of other fiat currencies, including drug trade and other illegal activity. So you're looking at this, n- this, this criticism, at least to me, doesn't necessarily, it's, it's not like a deadly criticism because number one, it's nothing we didn't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, crypto assets can facilitate unlawful behavior so does the united states dollar it's actually better to at least in my opinion or especially with cash I means much better to partake in illegal activity than it is with bitcoin you're going to get caught in five seconds it's like bitcoin is a like an fbi agent it's like wet dream as far as a paper trail it's literally a paper trail that anybody in the united freaking world can look at a blockchain explorer and figure things out so um it's it's interesting and, the, and one thing i will say too at least in the united states like saying unregulated crypto assets now bitcoin is pretty highly regulated in crypto trying i mean in the united states a lot of crypto assets if you're trying to buy them with the us dollar um you know good luck doing that it's it's not easy to do it so to say crypto assets are, are completely unregulated i think is is pretty stupid i mean even even the sec yesterday and this kind of news somewhat overshadowed uh the the progress that Blockstack and, and props made with uh getting a getting their uh reggae plus registrations approved by the SEC where they can actually sell crypto assets or, or tokens uh, essentially as uh you know as as a reggae plus offering which is pretty great because anybody can participate in a reggae plus offering it's not just for accredited investors so it does go to you know, a little bit from the democratizing investment so we'll hop into the next part so you just go into Bitcoin does go into cryptocurrencies says some criticisms that are kind of bullshit is what it is and then this is where it's interesting at least to me uh similarly Facebook's Libra virtual currency will have little and he puts virtual currency in quotes which is actually true uh because it's basically just a virtual currency it's not really a cryptocurrency will have little standing or dependability if Facebook and other companies want to become a bank they must seek a new banking charter and become subject to all banking regulations just like other banks, both national and international, we only have one real currency in the USA, and it's stronger than ever, both dependable and reliable. It is by far the most dominant currency in the world, and it will always be that way. It is the United States dollar. So this is interesting because, at least to me, what's up, Ben Zemo? Thank you for that super chat. I appreciate that, dude. Why is this, why is this kind of cool, at least in my mind? Well, number one, it starts off with Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. But that, at least in my opinion, that from, from me reading this is not the subject of, of discussion really or or fear. I feel like to me, I feel like the government doesn't really care as much about Bitcoin, doesn't really care as much about cryptocurrencies. I don't think at least somebody like Donald Trump and kind of the people in quote unquote power give a crap about it. I don't think they really fear it. They, they just don't. However, what they do fear is Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook and Silicon Valley getting a bunch of companies together and basically creating a competing currency that is backed by the dollar or by other assets that has billions of users and can possibly, you know, usurp or take some steal some of the thunder from something like the US dollar. And US government losing control to Facebook and I am not a fan of Facebook. At, at least personally like I I don't I there, there are a lot of people that don't trust Facebook. And I think rightfully so. Facebook has done a lot of things from a privacy perspective. Uh, and they, they've just done a lot of things to to lose the trust of the consumer. So that's one thing. But it is hilarious to me how absolutely petrified the United States government is of of Facebook creating Libra, because it's kind of opening Pandora's box of You're taking the technology behind Bitcoin and behind crypto assets and you are unleashing that kind of to to a a greater to a greater user base and you are competing potentially directly against the US dollar. And that's what I think the the crux of this conversation is. I feel like Trump doesn't get Bitcoin, doesn't get crypto assets, whatever. He's like, you know what, whatever. There's nobody backing these things. Um, There's there's no army behind it. There's nobody to fight. We can't we can't do anything about it. What what we are scared of, or, or what you know we're concerned of, is is Facebook's Libra coin. And I do think when you look at you know when you look at this, we are talking about what's interesting about Bitcoin. And a lot of people give uh, a lot of people give Bitcoin shit like before. And we had somebody say, "Okay, Bitcoin is slower than or, you know Bitcoin is slow and and doesn't scale." Okay, that's fine. Um, that that's that's totally cool, right? You know, Bitcoin is whatever seven transactions per second. That's probably not a not a false statement it's 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 scaling and it's moving slow but guess what when facebook creates libra and facebook gets a you know a letter from congress or from the senate senate committee on banking within like 4 hours of of dropping news about libra who who are they going to send something to bitcoin about it's actually decentralized it, you know it's it's actually there. There's nobody. There's nobody that that Congress can send a freaking letter to that says, "Excuse me, Mister Bitcoin CEO, can you please stop development on this on this tool?" When Facebook is is dropping Libra, Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg and you know all the the executives and David Marcus, they're they're getting uh, they're getting notifications from the Senate Committee on Banking to appear in front of Congress or appear in front of the Senate or whatever it might be, uh, and and that does go to show the value of bitcoin at least in my mind because there is nobody to call there is nobody to send a letter to you can't send a cease and desist letter to bitcoin it doesn't happen and yes there are certain trade-offs to that yes the transactions per second are you know slower than something that might be more centralized like a like a libra they are sometimes transaction fees are high but guess what you can use it regardless of of whether or not somebody else tells you, you know, kind of you're allowed to and, and people can develop on it because it is sufficiently decentralized, which I think is something that can definitely be, uh, which I think at least for me is is a huge value proposition and something you need to think about in the long-term. Uh, Euronomy Stolos, would I buy Litecoin right now or after the halving? Uh, I I don't know. Um, I I wouldn't try and call the, you know, Litecoin had a nice run previously. Uh, altcoins definitely seem to have lost momentum against Bitcoin, and calling a bottom on on altcoins, I think, is difficult. Uh, whatever, whatever you're comfortable with. I'm not. I'm not a huge Litecoin guy, but I do think halvings are always an interesting supply shock, and it's going to be what happens with Litecoin will be interesting, at least in my mind, because I think people will associate that with potentially what might be able to happen with Bitcoin. Although, obviously, the dynamics around Litecoin are a lot different then from from an actual supply and demand perspective I think there's obviously a lot more demand for bitcoin uh, but you you know have a similar supply shock when it does come down to the having and crypto cruising says this is funny he says about bitcoin being used for drugs because no one uses fiat for that, that they have yeah absolutely and 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 i've i've referenced this multiple times before but it was i believe at the consensus invest conference i think it was in in fall of 2017 i remember i was still at my day job at oracle and i was i was watching the uh, I was I was watching the the live stream and Chris Burnisky was talking at the live stream and he's giving his presentation and he's kind of talking about why why there's a use case behind Bitcoin and trying to debunk some of the 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 quote unquote FUD that that happens in the industry and one of the things that he said was you know he was he was kind of looking at some of the objections that that. Large-scale investors have when it does come down to investing in crypto assets, uh, specifically Bitcoin, and you know one of the big things is uh, you know this is only used by criminals, and a lot of that stems from the Silk Road. The Silk Road was kind of like the big thing that initially, from a um, from a publicity perspective, that got Bitcoin kind of in the news was was Silk Road. So people still associate Bitcoin with uh, illicit activities and illegal things. And he said, you know, look, it you are much better off. <laughs> buying a kilo of cocaine with cash than you are with Bitcoin it is going to be much harder to hide that transaction or to kind of get that money with uh with Bitcoin than it is with cash and it's completely true I mean if you have cash you can kind of launder that you can wash that you can do whatever you want with it you can keep it under your mattress whatever it might be if you have Bitcoin and that eventually gets flagged as coming from an, uh, you know, illicit activity, you are going to that that transaction will be tagged. There will be blockchain analysis tools out there that will be able to find that the government's use blockchain analysis tools, you're in trouble. So it's not something that uh, it's not something that I think is is thought of by people that don't have a lot of sophistication in the space. But it's especially with Bitcoin, the the sophistication of the blockchain analysis tools are 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 pretty high unless you have a really strong understanding of privacy and even then like the, the mixing tools like a wasabi wallet and things like that are i would say you know still a small enough scale where you're not gonna be able to mix a ton so here's a question i'll pull this up too what am i what are my thoughts on the block stack sale so i personally don't i haven't looked at the actual economics behind the token at all um so i can't really speak specifically Block stack this is this is cool for a couple different things some people if you're not in the United States you're probably not gonna give a crap about this it, it doesn't make too much of a dish, you know it doesn't make too much of an issue potentially for you but one of the big things that really has has sucked for a lot of people is the accredited investor laws in the United States are, are not easy to for, for a lot of people to be an accredited investor. Two things, if you are in the United States, there's there's two classes of investors for a lot of these cryptocurrency opportunities, at least initially. You have accredited investors and you have non-accredited investors. Accredited investors, there's basically two things that you can do to be an accredited investor. You can make $200,000 a year for two consecutive years. That will qualify you as an accredited investor. Or if you have a million dollars in liquid assets, not including your uh, residence, not including your home, then or the equity in your home then you also classify as an accredited investor um, so if you make hundred ninety thousand dollars a year or if you made two hundred thousand dollars last year but if you made a hundred thousand the year before you are not a credit you you are not a you are a non-accredited investor and you don't have access to the same uh, investment opportunities that a lot of people have because certain things like regulation d offerings you have to be an accredited investor well Uh, There is a type of offering called a REG A+, which is interesting because it allows for non-accredited investors. Basically, you can make $50,000 a year. You can make $100,000 a year. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be accredited, but you can participate in these offerings. And they are offerings for securities. So this is something that is approved by the SEC, but this is big for a number of reasons. Number one, it is a compliant offering. So the SEC has actually gone ahead and approved this. Um, uh, number two, these are actually uh, these tokens are are considered at least uh, from from the initial kind of look. They are considered securities. So uh, it is something where they're not going to trade in the from a secondary market perspective, likely not going to trade in the same manner. But I do think that why this matters and why this is just kind of good in general, is that whether or not this is a good investment, and I'm not going to speak to that. These are also securities, so I have no standing to speak on the quality of these investments whatsoever. But whether or not this is a good investment or not, Blockstack and also the YouNow Props team have put their neck out on the line, spent a lot of money on lawyers, and received approval from the United States Securities and Exchange Commission to offer their token uh, to non-accredited investors, and the SEC said yes. So this is paving the way for opportunities for investment, granted, there are limits and kind of regulations around it, and of how much you can buy and things like that. But it's a step in the right direction for allowing the average person to participate in some of these offerings and not just the large venture funds. Granted, there are venture funds that were the initial seed investors in this that have these tokens that are now at a markup in comparison to what these individuals would buy at things like that. But overall, it's a positive step for the industry. Uh, if you are in the United States, I think it's something and you're not an accredited investor. I think you should be excited about it. It's it's a positive thing. And we'll hopefully continue to, to see other companies go this route potentially, and and just uh, kind of get more, just more openness in terms of investment opportunities for the average individual, I think is what I'm potentially excited about. Uh, NIEC 1001 how can a digital centralized coin pegged to the dollar crash the financial system? System LMAO, obviously referring to Libra there. Well, the interesting part about Libra is it's not just pegged to the US dollar. So it's pegged to a basket of uh, a basket of currencies. So that's number one. So it's not fully pegged to the dollar. Um, to that point, I think that when you're also looking at it, it's it's something that just takes control away from the government i don't think that libra itself would have any shot of crashing the financial system but it does remove control and it does provide an opportunity for it it basically proves it if it's executed well if it's executed and it works then you are having an opportunity for other silicon valley companies other companies that have an enormous amount of control basically over how the world works right now through opinion the spreading of news the spreading of information you have companies like that that are now able to circumvent in some respects to essentially circumvent the US dollar and have their users use something completely different so I mean it for, for me personally I think that is and it's not a cryptocurrency it's you like Trump said it's a, it's a quote-unquote virtual currency it's a digital currency but it is something that removes control from the powers that be. And I think that is something that that scares them. And I, I think that terrifies them. Uh, 525 PM says, thanks for speaking about Blockstack sale. I'm actually surprised you aren't more familiar with Blockstack. I, so I am familiar with Blockstack. Uh, I have I know a few different people, the team. Uh, I know they basically like their their growth lead. I actually was was talking to, to Blockstack a little bit uh, back in the day, just about my interest in, in working there a long time ago so they're a great company really big fan of what they do um I just haven't looked at the actual like investment of the token itself of the stack tokens so they're uh great, you know great uh I think they're trying to do the right thing when it does come down to cryptocurrencies and they're you know moving the industry in the right direction and what they're trying to build is really really interesting I just don't have a ton of insight into the actual stack token itself i haven't really looked into it as much uh daniel barnett says going to sheets today to use a bitcoin atm any adoption is good adoption uh sheets is sheets and wawa are my two favorite i tweeted about this but sheets and wawa are my two favorite gas station um (laughs) gas station convenience stores wawa sneaky good buffalo chicken sandwich and sheets has just phenomenal everything they're both Awesome. And we have Sheets now has Bitcoin ATMs in a few of its locations. So Daniel Barnett, I know you live in a vicinity around one of the six. So congratulations on docking your, doxing yourself. I'll find you, Daniel. Yeah, that's it's a good point, Crypto Cruising. It's funny because I was thinking about that the other night. So he says, uh, or she says, three years ago, crypto would never have made news, let alone have a government leader talk about it. This shows us making changes worldwide. Well, I wouldn't say, go- I mean, whether or not you, you like Trump, uh, and I'm sure some people do, and I'm sure some people don't. Whether or not you like him, he is the president of the United States, which is arguably the most powerful person in the world. People in the government have have talked about Bitcoin for you know, the past few years. I remember when I got in, like into to crypto in like late 2013, like buying the top, and in 2013 that was around the time of uh, kind of some of the conversation around Silk Road and and the BitLicense and things like that. So. I, the government has been talking about it for a while, but never in my like wildest dreams in, in December of 2013 would I, number one, think Donald Trump would be president. Uh, and <laughs> number two, would I think that uh, the president of the United States would be tweeting about Bitcoin and or other cryptocurrencies? So And Facebook would be, it's, the whole situation has, has evolved so rapidly and so quickly. It's been interesting to watch it pan out. So uh, it's yeah, it's crazy to me. So cryptostatics says, how is the market supposed to act on Trump's statement? Well, it acted in a pretty positive way, actually. I think it was around 11,400 as of the time of, I think it was around like 11,400 or so as of the time of his tweet, if I recall, and didn't have didn't have too much of a reaction. So it's actually up on the news a little bit. So I personally, I mean, as far as like, say, nothing he said was was anything we don't, no, already and i don't think it was a bullish tweet i don't really think it was a bearish tweet i think it was just him trying to to me it's him trying to go after libra i think bitcoin and, and other cryptocurrencies are just kind of like a casualty of that conversation around libra but and, and like the conversation starter and but i think that the really the crux of it all is 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 libra itself and so we can pop into some other topics here, too, because, uh, yeah, I don't we don't we don't need to spend all day on government officials. It's really not my cup of tea. So We can we can we can go around that, which is uh, which is pretty interesting. I, although I know I'm sure a lot of individuals want to talk about that. Actually, the last thing we talk about is is likely the actual uh, quote from the Federal Reserve chairman. So we can pull this up and see if we can get this for you guys. Let's see. In the traditional sense, I think things like that are possible, but we we really haven't seen them. We haven't seen widespread adoption. I mean, Bitcoin is a good example. Really, almost no one uses Bitcoin for payments. They use it more as an alternative to gold, really. It's a store of value. It's a speculative store of value, like gold. Um, So we don't have, and people, of course, have been talking about this since cryptocurrencies uh, emerged. But um, we haven't seen it, but that's not to say we won't see it. And if we do see it, yes, you could see um, uh, a return to an era in the United States where we had many different currencies and, uh, you know, in in the so-called, I guess, national banking era. So the interesting part about that, and I've spoken a little bit about it previously, but the interesting part about that is that Jerome Powell, the Fed chair, actually understands the... Within 30 seconds, you can you can feel that, you know, whether or not you like the Fed, uh, he is not stupid when it does come down to Bitcoin. And he like you said, it's it's fairly accurate, almost. And there, there are people that are using Bitcoin. We're not going to say that there are people who are not using Bitcoin for payments and for uh, as as a currency. But I think almost no one is using Bitcoin is a somewhat accurate statement. The majority of people that are utilizing Bitcoin right now are utilizing it as a speculative uh, digital asset store of wealth, digital gold. That is the majority of the the use case right now. Could that change with lightning and some other things? Yeah, it could. But I, I think it is interesting that he brings up and, and kind of gets the idea behind at least one of the like one kind of value or, or use case for for Bitcoin potentially. And I think there, this will probably stem a couple different conversations. I'm sure some people, like in the in the Bitcoin Cash community or in some of the you know, looking at very transactional blockchains, are like, you know what, uh, that that doesn't have any use case. No, that, that nobody should care about that. We need cryptocurrencies that people use more currencies. Well, that's fine, but uh, you know, if if nobody's if almost no one is using Bitcoin, most certainly almost no one is using. Most certainly, no one. Is using the other cryptocurrency out there as a as a currency so while almost no one is using bitcoin as a as a currency per se or as a transactional currency i think it's still the most used cryptocurrency for those transactions at least in my mind outside of storing weather data right we got that we got the government conspiracy theories up in here i i don't i don't give a shit enough i'm just i just go about my day and live my life and if, if everything goes well it goes well if all the shit blows up all the shit blows up and so we can hop back into <laughs> Expat Yeo. So we can hop back into the conversation here a little bit about the subject of Bitcoin dominance because I think this is interesting and I think a lot of you guys might might I'd like to hear your thoughts on it as well because right now we have the the time where Bitcoin is absolutely smoking everything. Uh it's the <laughs> the 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 kind of uh the the joke just being bitcoin up alt stump bitcoin down alt stump so <laughs> there's no matter what happens other than a few select altcoins shout out Chainlink link marines shout out link marines uh and bnb basically outside of a few select altcoins you have basically bitcoin crushing everything outpacing the gains on everything and you watching your if you track your portfolio in bitcoin value and satoshi value then you are seeing your portfolio just like whittle away whittle away whittle away especially as as bitcoin continues to to run up from the you know three thousand four thousand dollar level it is at all the way up to eleven thousand bucks right now but the kind of common thread of the the thing that i think people that there's there's the people that have been in the market previously that are the um, um, Altcoiners or there are the, the the heavy speculators that 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 firmly believe that there is another another time frame where you will have a significant run or some level of a run with altcoins, and then the other argument is like nobody thinks these things are worth anything. That you know you're passing them along to a greater fool. It's just it's the the argument around altcoins is is becoming like really really uh, interesting. And I think a lot of it does stem from people that got burned. And then you also have this subject, at least to me, of kind of like, um, I don't, I'll I'll say fake maximalism. And we'll say this because when you look at Daniel Barnett, my Leo bag is sad, bro. We can get into Leo. That bag is not sad. Keep accumulating Uh, because it's actually not sad at all. But uh, with, uh, with, with Altcoins, And this is something that I, to be honest, I, you had Ian Bellina on block TV or something like that saying that he is now becoming a Bitcoin maximalist, uh, because of the strength of Bitcoin. And I tweeted something that I actually, you know, firmly believe in. And I think that there's, there are people that are Bitcoin maximalists and I, I have all the respect in the world for Bitcoin maximalists because. And even, you know, a lot of times they don't like being called that because that wasn't a label that they gave themselves or whatever it was. It was somebody who was like a derogatory term that either it was Vitalik or somebody else kind of created maximalism, yada, yada, yada. But I have all the respect in the world for them. They have you know, strict principles and they, you know, firmly believe in Bitcoin. Good, good, good for you. Uh, you know, great for them. And they don't stray from that. However, what annoys me is the people that are not i i don't if if you want to be a big bitcoin maximalist great if you want to have all your money in shit coins and speculate all day long go for it it's good for you too it's your money it's your prerogative you're not like you're not doing you know it's 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 your money and you can do whatever the hell you want with it and you should be free to do whatever the hell you want with it that's that's not my choice so there are kind of two ends of the spectrum there but what pisses me off is when people are like you know what i got my face ripped off on altcoins and I got my face ripped off so bad that now I'm a Bitcoin maximalist I'm a maximalist and it's not but the problem isn't necessarily that you're leaving all coins and going to Bitcoin because if you you know lost a bunch of money in shit coins and you are you know looked at what you did and you're like you know what there's no value in these and I feel very confident in the value of Bitcoin I believe in the fundamentals of Bitcoin I believe in the, the valuation I do think that this is going to either increase in value, or I just think it's a, you know, a good store of my wealth. I I like that. I'm going to go with that methodology. That's, that's, that's for me. That's great. Then you quote, unquote, you learn your lesson, and you evolved as a human being, and you have kind of increased your capacity to, you know, you just evolved, and that's fine. But when people are like, you know what, I am, I'm a Bitcoin maximalist because I got wrecked in altcoins, and that's the only reason. Not because I believe in the fundamentals or anything behind that. That just means you're chasing a trend, and you're not even front running the tra- you're not front running the trend. You're chasing the trend, and you know what happened? You know what's going to happen to those people is if and when. And I'm not saying it's 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 a certainty that it's going to happen, but if and when it happens, uh, if you see another altcoin run, the same people that now are going from you know I'm I'm in altcoins and I'm, I'm running back to Bitcoin because of uh i'm you know chasing the trend i i know bitcoin's gonna run up forever and and my altcoins are gonna die you know those some people that are kind of chasing the trend are going to swing that pendulum back the second altcoins you know do anything at all and they're gonna chase the tail end of that trend after they get you know after they lose money on on something else and they're just gonna chase trends and chase trends and chase trends and, and I don't know, not something I'm personally super interested in doing, but again, too, I, I think a lot of it does come down to the, I think a lot of it just comes down to, to your reasoning as an individual, when you're looking at this stuff, or, you know, if, if you were in altcoins and you go all the way back into Bitcoin, you say, you know what? I'm never buying another altcoin again. They don't have any fundamentals. There's no fundamental value. I don't believe in it. I was, I was young. I was naive. I was stupid. I listened to some asshole on YouTube named crypto Bobby, <laughs> whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, Whatever your reasoning was for initially buying altcoins, and then whatever your reason is for for buying, you know, Bitcoin now, you believe in the fundamentals. You you know you've you've thought about it through, and you're you know you're strong in your beliefs, then that's good. But if you're just chasing a trend, that's when you get in trouble because then there a new trend will develop at some point in time, and you're gonna look at it and you'll be like, oh, this trend is developing. Meanwhile, the trend's already like passed halfway through, and you're just chasing the back end of it. I don't know. That's 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 my thoughts on that. And I feel like it, you know, if you are a maximalist, good. Good for you. If you're a shit good for you. But just don't try and be something you're not. <laughs> Capitulation. Uh yeah, you know, I think I do think we are nearing I, I don't know. The the funny part about all that are down ninety-five percent is they can go down ninety-nine percent. the funny part about alts that are down ninety-nine percent is they can go down ninety-nine point nine percent. And then alts that are down ninety-nine point nine percent can go down ninety-nine point nine nine percent. So everything could always drop further. There's, there's no, there's no limit to that, but it does feel like, you know, we're, <laughs> it does feel like there's been some opportunities in the past where we have been nearing, uh, capitulation. Let me see if I could pull there's, there's one, there was an XRP tweet that was absolutely hilarious. Uh, where's, where's my guy? Let's see. <laughs> this is funny. Um, uh, <laughs> from Bo- <laughs> from bones xrp is I don't even know if this is real or if this is a parody but this regardless uh well so far he's gone uh joined in April of 2019 so homie has the that the, the strong hands of a infant child so <laughs> I don't even know where things are since like December or since April of 2019 like how have you lost money even in xrp it's, it's even if it's down it's down like what 25 percent so but before I leave Twitter, I just want to say a big you to all the XRP influencers who have been miserably wrong about everything. It's not your fault that I listen to you, but I still hate you and hope you get hit by a bus. Ciao. That was the most epic tweet ever. And then he tags all of the XRP influencers, which is, uh, Pretty funny that there are actually XRP influencers as well, but that tweet in and of itself is is pretty hilarious. I feel like I'm sure some of you guys have felt like that in the past, but I looked at this tweet and just I, a little, you know, the, the you you could see the smile on my face. It's Seven in the morning, I've only had one coffee. Uh, it's um it's it's ear to ear just thinking about how funny it is that somebody that joined Twitter in April of 2019 is so fe- was probably so stoked. He's looking at XRP boys and XRP Anderson and, uh, XRP mister and XRP owls tweets and like, Oh God. Yeah. XRP is going to take over the financial system. It's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And then it's down like 10% and he's like, yeah, God damn it. All right, guys. So start shooting away some questions here. We got, uh, got a little bit of time before I actually have to, to get to work, but I wanted to come in this morning and, uh, Hang out a little bit because i haven't had a chance to do so before but yeah this is if this tweet doesn't make you laugh it is the funniest thing on the planet and it absolutely should You should be hysterically laughing every single time what's up with xrp xrp is uh i've i've always not been a personal fan investment wise in xrp and somebody's mentioning leo before and it's kind of funny because i've i've said this and i'll continue to say it xrp and leo are the exact opposite of um xrp to me and and leo are kind of the exact opposite from a a, uh i don't want to say supply and demand but from a supply schedule perspective you have xrp's quarterly reports so I'll pull this bad boy up so in xrp's q1 i don't know where the the latest is but in xrp's q1 report ripple had sold uh Close to 170 million dollars of XRP to both di- institutional's as direct sales, and then as well as programmatic sales. So it's a lot of supply coming into the market. You have 170 million dollars. That is not. That's that's not. It's a lot of supply that is coming out to the market. And is there demand that is actually there to to meet that? Because if there's not demand, that's going to suppress the price. Something to think about. On the other end of the spectrum, when I and and people I, I get crap all the time now because people are like you invest in Leo you're 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 killing you're killing children and, and you're you're supporting you know the death of of the world and oh yada 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 whatever it might be, uh, but the reason I think Leo is interesting is because the supply is being burned on a consistent basis. Granted, it's it's a slow burn, but when you look, uh, the the supply of Leo was only one billion tokens. And they're buying it back with their, you know, 27% of their revenue. And yesterday was actually the largest buyback ever, they bought back 221 uh, Leo tokens, which is a buck 50 a pop. So like 300 plus $1,000. They bought back in one single day from the open market. So on one hand, you have a company that is on one hand, you have ripple and xrp. Uh, xrp is is the currency ripple has a, a large portion and holds a large portion. But Ripple is, is selling their portion of XRP onto the market um, or to institutional direct sales, uh, programmatic sales, whatever it might be. Ripple is selling a portion of their XRP onto the market to fund business operations and to seed the ecosystem, whatever it might be. But they're releasing supply onto the market up to the tune of $170 million uh, a quarter last year, or excuse me, in, in Q1 of 2019. On the other end of the spectrum, you have a company that is profitable and is buying back, to the tune of you know anywhere from maybe like fifty thousand bucks a day up to yesterday like three hundred plus thousand dollars a day. So one is increasing the supply in the open market, and the other is decreasing the supply on the open market. Uh, I'd rather own the thing that is decreasing the supply on the open market. That's that's just me. So that's why in my mind I'm I'm still excited about owning a, you know excited about owning Leo. Maybe maybe that can can be completely wrong. Maybe that's the wrong way to look at it, but hey, I you know, so when it looks to supply, I'm looking at that. Uh, Max says, watch XRP2X and everybody jump back on the bandwagon. This space is a short memory. Oh, I absolutely... There's, there's, there's no reason why it's not possible, and I do think that everybody in this space has a short memory, like I was talking about before. Yeah, the people that are leaving... Or, you know you have the people that are in the quote-unquote uh altcoin world or, or just have a lot of altcoins and they're you know going to become bitcoin maximalists the second you see a two a three a five x in some of these you know altcoins you can bet your bottom dollar they're going to be sprinting back into altcoins trying to chase that next two three five ten x whatever it might be if that ever happens again granted that's assuming that that happens again but everybody in this space does have short memories and that's also why i think it's it's good to try to uh you know learn from the past and let that inform your decisions on the present obviously not everything is is a repeat scenario not everything is the exact scenario but to to try to to learn from the past as much as possible and also personally learn from your mistakes because i know for myself i've made a ton uh I'm, i'm sure you guys have as well so uh simon dv bobby do you know did you know leo admins can delete leo tokens Yes, I did. Uh, And that is the, so this is, uh, this pissed me off too. (laughs) Let's see, this was the dumbest thing ever. So this is an article from Bitcoinist and the title is Bitfinex's Leo token enables multi-billion dollar fraud coin intelligence claims. So let's let's dive into what this multi-billion dollar fraud is. Okay, so Bitfinex is an EOS token and an ERC20 token. I think it's about like 60% ERC20. When you have an ERC20 token and you have a contract, so you have a a contract that is on the Ethereum network, you can go to Etherscan or to a number of other places and you can evaluate that contract. You can read the contract. You can read the smart contract and see exactly what it says. Within the smart contract, there (laughs) there were two functions which are programming functions within the smart contract that uh you could pull that up and there let's see if we can zoom in a little bit so you guys can see it a little bit better but within the contract this is from etherscan there was a uh there is a control function within that that says the owner can upgrade the basically the owner can upgrade the contract uh they can burn tokens and they can also potentially uh they can generate tokens and they can destroy tokens so there is a function within the contract that says that granted that same function is in numerous other contracts out there for ERC-20 tokens. And why does this not matter to me? Why do I not care about this at all when it comes down to something? If, if Bifnex or if any other company, this is this is true across the board, this can be in the contract with anybody, but Bifnex is supposed to have 1 billion tokens and that was it. That was you know only supposed to be issued a billion tokens and they're supposed to burn them until they don't exist anymore, whatever it might be. If Bitfinex were to go issue more tokens, that would be visible on Etherscan, like that. That would, uh, there unless there was a specific reason, or if they were to burn those token, or if they were to burn tokens, that would be visible like that. That's That's why there is a blockchain. That's why it is transparent across the board. So anybody could see that happening, and they could find out the reason why and they would be Bitfinex would be held accountable to the reason. Maybe the reason is good. Maybe there was some type of circumstance that justified it. Maybe there wasn't. And maybe you should sell all your tokens because they're lying sacks of shit. Who knows? But that is the beauty of having publicly available information within a smart contract on the blockchain that you can actually verify for yourself. So the fact that this, this was the cheesiest, dumbest headline ever that you know, to that, because they had the generate tokens and destroy tokens function within their smart contract that is publicly visible on EtherScan or any other site that allows you to view a smart contract, that it enables multi-billion-dollar fraud. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. From from Pig Venus uh, I see what you did there. You s- switched around a few letters. Good one, classic. Uh, <laughs> I understand thanks for your explanation i understand ripple well, it's it's xrp it's not ripple let's let's be specific here folks uh but but leo is basically the same concept as bnb burning there, so there's actually some subtle differences there which from uh from leo's perspective is interesting bnb burns tokens out of the team allocation so bnb doesn't buy tokens on the open market uh what what bnb is or what binance is doing is binance did an ico and they they kept a portion of their tokens as like team tokens. So whatever it was like thirty percent, I don't remember the number off the top of my head. They 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 kept a portion of their tokens as the team tokens, and they you know went to and they they burn those on a on a consistent basis. And I think they just changed that to to agree to burn all of their team tokens eventually or at some point in time. But they have their own tokens and it's not available to the public market, and they they will burn those. However. For Bitfinex and Leo, the reason why it's it's even quote unquote better is that Leo is not they, there is no team there's no team allocation. Leo or Bitfinex printed a billion tokens and they printed those tokens and they're all out in the open market already. So those those tokens are all distributed. There is no team tokens. There's no advisor tokens. There's no nothing. Nobody got a presale discount as far as distribution goes. You had to be like an accredited you had to be a an accredited investor or like a non-US investor but everybody bought tokens for a dollar. The cost basis for everybody that bought them initially was $1. So pretty fair distribution from that perspective. Nobody had a 90% discount. There were no team discounts. There was no uh, advisor discounts, whatever. But why it's interesting is because they have to go on an exchange or buy those tokens from the actual open market. They're not, and to burn those, they're not burning them from the uh, they're not burning them from some type of team allocation that's not on the open markets, which in the case of, of Binance and BNB, b yes, theoretically, it reduces the supply, but that supply has never been on the open market. So it's really not that big of a deal. It's kind of more a psychological thing. So something to consider. Uh, Mike A says, what do we have? What percentage of my portfolio? Probably look at my website, right? What percentage of my portfolio is currently uh, Bitcoin? So about 35 plus percent so about 35 plus percent in bitcoin about 30 percent in eth about 25 close to 25 percent in leo uh, a little under 10 in uh tezos and like one percent ast so that's if you haven't seen my portfolio split it's uh it's bitcoin eth leo tezos and, and a little bit of ast so always always pumping my own bags crypto noob always brother <laughs> It's always the way bro man dog, what's up? Good morning, folks. And sorry for coming in early. I just like I said before, I uh, have been just super busy with the the new venture that I'm doing. And if you guys didn't, haven't checked it out. Uh, one thing I'll bring up too is have a couple different open opportunities right now that I'm pretty uh, that are pretty great. So if you are interested in opportunities in the blockchain space, um, have positions right now that I am working on, recruiting on in New York City, in Boston, and in San Francisco for software engineers, for uh, sales development, and for partnerships, marketing, community management, technical, project managers, product managers. I uh, would, would definitely check out proofoftalent.co if you're interested. That's the company I'm um, running now. So it's, it's been a lot of fun and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. It's it's cool to, to help people, uh, you know, help people potentially work in the space, have a final interview today with a candidate in San Francisco for a blockchain startup that I'm pretty excited about. Um, have some additional interviews today, no, next week. Things have been moving really quick, which has been super fun, but unfortunately it's kept me a little bit from the uh, the YouTube channel and the podcast. So hopefully we'll we'll be able to just be better with time management in the future on that. Uh, poke fan, what are my hourly margins? So I just recruit on permanent full-time roles right now. So, um, they're not for the positions I'm recruiting on aren't hourly positions. These are solely for it. So if you're, if you're not familiar with recruiting, it's actually, at least I'll, I'll give you just the quick understanding for anybody out there too. That's either interested in what I'm doing or not, but Proof of Talent is a contingency fee based recruiting agency. So there's really no downside as far as company is working with with proof of talent or candidates. So what do we do? We work only on a for, for companies that are hiring for full time employees and we help them hire employees that are on a salary basis. And we take a percentage of the we take a percentage of first year salary uh, and charge that to the company f- as a finder's fee. So candidates can work with proof of talent and there is no fee at all. Uh, everything we do for candidates is, is completely free. Um, and then for companies that are working with us, we don't actually charge them unless they hire somebody that we provide to them. So we go through the process of speaking to everybody, uh, pre-screening candidates, making sure they're a good fit, getting an understanding of their background, what type of salary they want, pass them to these companies in the blockchain industry to interview. And if those companies end up deciding to hire individuals that uh, we have uh, provided to them, then they'll owe us a fee in the future. So there's really no downside to it because you know if if you don't like anybody we provide you, then you don't owe us anything. And if you do, then you're actually hiring somebody. So you're getting a ton of value from that. And from the candidate side of the house, uh, you don't owe us anything. There is no fee. There's no nothing. We're just here to help you out. So it's it's pretty fun recruiters need a lightning network uh fees are so 1990s yeah um I mean I haven't taken any fees in Bitcoin or anything yet but uh for referrals and this is something too if you guys haven't seen this but for referrals with uh for referrals if you refer a candidate to to me or if you're a client to me and to prove talent uh, we'll pay you a thousand bucks and you can choose for that in a thousand dollars in Bitcoin ethereum or and uh, USD whichever you might prefer so I'm thinking a lot of people in the crypto world probably want Bitcoin and maybe ETH so you have that opportunity you have that option uh loan Sophos yeah you can send your resume uh anytime if you go on proof of talent there's a submit your resume button you can always do that uh always happy to review your resumes uh try and get back to as many people as possible um and and let you know if you're a fit and and if you are happy to jump on the phone and, and talk through everything but do you have a number of opportunities right now uh, none are really remote, but if you are looking or interested to work in New York City, Boston, or San Francisco, and um, you know, looking to to work in those areas, and are either in the the field of of uh, software engineering, sales, or project product management, definitely uh, you know would be be worth a conversation and be fun to have. And guys, at this point, it has been a been a full coffee hour, so I've really enjoyed talking to you about <laughs> Donald J. Trump tweeting about Bitcoin. What a damn world! Um, the government being petrified of of Facebook and Libra, uh, which I think is you know completely true, and just the the crypto kind of world in general right now. If you guys enjoyed this episode, make sure to hit that thumbs up button, hit that like button. Helps to get this video out to uh, as many people as possible, and I would certainly appreciate that. Um, outside of that guys let me know if you have any questions always here uh, we'll hopefully be back in the meantime again if you guys were interested in opportunities or anything like that always check out ProofOfTalent.co of uh, and shoot us a follow on twitter as well I'll have a twitter account at proof of talent so we'd love to see you there but thank you so much for your time crypto bobby signing out hope you have a good one peace